0: Of green. Red is this is Ed Cohen, your broadcast host in San Diego, California, on GlobalRadioTalkShow.com, a broadcast service of GlobalBusinessNews.net. Our special guests today are from the UK. Mr. Andrew Elliman, head of European Business Development for AGS, and Simon Jordan who is a marketing guru. His website is 5thingsclear.com. And we're going to find out what this is all about and why it's important for you to listen. So let's welcome Andrew
1: Element and Simon Jordan. Hello, Ed, good to see you again.
0: Yeah,
2: good to Hi. see you on the radio. <laughs> so hello, Simon. Hi, Ed, it's good to be on here, thank you. And now I can't yeah, see you for the radio. Right <laughs> oh, but I'm sure you can imagine. So oh, I can.
0: Okay. So <laughs> we're going to have a conversation about Andrew's latest exploits. You may know that Andrew and I had one of these talk show conversations some time ago following his Everest events. So I'm really happy to have Andrew Elliman on again. This is a, a great honor for me and Simon, I've been on your website and I, I see what you've been doing and i volunteered on on the site from my perch here in san diego california i volunteered to do some things promoting what you're doing about clean water clean the ocean yes. i Excellent. believe in thank that. you you bet okay so andrew how is your swimming lessons going
1: very good ed actually um as you know i started to learn to swim on the 25th of july 2018 Um, Before then I was scared to get into the water had a big fear of the water, Um, but I'm pleased to say one year on um, I'm actually now um, doing the front crawl backstroke started the best uh, breaststroke as well and um, Yeah, it's going really well. I'm up to about a thousand meters at the moment that I can swim Uh, Still a long way to go, but really enjoying it So you're learning to swim in in a swimming pool. Is that correct? That's correct. At the moment, um, it was really learning the skills, um, learning to swim, but now a year on, my instructors actually said, this is now a training session, so no more learning, it's now training. Um, I will progress in September into the sea and start training more down into the sea and open water as well. So let me ask you
0: uh, specific questions here. To what extent is breathing control A part of your learning to swim?
1: It was probably the hardest thing I had to do. I think anyone who's listening right now will know that um, if you're doing the front crawl, the biggest part of your front crawl is not just your fitness, but it's actually your breathing. And you have to get to a stage where you're breathing normally like you would above the water, under the water. And um, if you get it wrong, you really know you've got it wrong. So it took quite a few months to actually get it down to a T of being able to breathe. And I think everyone from who I've spoken to have a different way of doing this. Uh, but once you, once you get it right, it's a, it's a big factor of making sure that you're able to do the swim.
0: So uh, I want you to go a little bit deeper now, and we'll, we'll ask some things of Simon in just a moment. Andrew, when you're learning how to move your arms and your body and your legs and breathing all at once, um, to what extent are you experiencing, how are you dealing with that shortness of
1: breath? Okay, well, um, good question. To begin with, it was very difficult. Um, you're concentrating on getting your arms right while you're trying to kick your legs. And when you concentrate on your legs, you're getting your arms wrong. And at the same time, your breathing is going completely messed up. Um, but then all of a sudden, you, you start getting the, the proper uh, strokes into the water. You start stretching, you start uh, pulling in the water correctly, and then your breathing becomes very natural. Um, I, think, I think what happens is you, you start to realize you can coordinate all three. And your breathing is just, it, it becomes like your, if you ever, anyone who's ever run, probably for the first, say, 20 minutes, you're out of breath and you're, you're trying to work out. And then all of a sudden, your body just clicks in and you're actually breathing correctly as you, as you go along. And I think it's the same with swimming. I think um, once you get the, the, the right technique, and it really is technique, Um, that's when it really really works but the the breathing was the most difficult part of learning to swim and that's the first thing they teach you when you go in the pool. So I want to jump aside now and tell our
0: listeners that Andrew Elliman has climbed Mount Everest and that is a chore all by itself and of course quite different than being in in the liquid water. (laughs) So Andrew to what extent is there similarities in your preparation for climbing Mount Everest, which is in itself a chore, relative to your learning how to swim and breathe?
1: Actually, there, there are some similarities. Again, breathing is a huge thing, um, but anyone who's ever climbed a mountain knows that altitude is, you know, the higher you go, the harder it is to breathe. And you, you're sort of taught on the mountain that, you know, you breathe through your nose and you breathe out through your mouth. The The difference with swimming, is you tend to breathe out through your nose and breathe in through your mouth so you're doing the opposite to what you would do above the water to what you do under the water um, that doesn't mean you can't breathe out of your mouth at the same time uh, but but it it's it, it quite a similar um part to that but the, the other thing i noticed was um when i started to swim my instructor asked me to stay under the water for as long as i could just breathing out and I actually scared her because I went down and I just breathed out for, for ages. And um, she tapped me on the shoulder and I came up and I said, what's the problem? She said, no, I thought something was wrong with you. And I said, no, I said, um, I'm just able to breathe really well underwater, breathe out for a long time. And I put that down to being up the mountain because my lungs are, are adapted for high altitude. So I, I think that was the bonus for me. Well, let's jump aside for a moment, Andrew. Hello, Simon Jordan. Thank
0: you for being our guest on Global Radio. My pleasure. My pleasure. So
2: how did you meet this guy? Um, We were doing a climb together in Wales, actually. It was Andrew's first bit of training for Everest. And we were climbing um, the highest mountain in England, Wales, called uh, Snowdon. And we were taking the precarious route up, um, a route called Kribgoth, which, if anyone knows, is is the knife-edge route. And I think, Andrew, I think it was about 60-mile-an-hour gusts coming it up. Was. The, it <laughs> was. Very, it was the worst Very day. misty. Yeah, we couldn't have picked the worst day. You're right. Um, and that's how I met through a, a joint friend, and we've sort of remained friends ever since. Um, I love Andrew's humility, uh, how he adopts, you know, how that you know, goes about his life. Um and you know, it's just I've been watching his challenges. He's watched mine, and we've came come together on this amazing challenge, which we'll discuss a bit more. So I didn't know there are mountains in the UK. Oh yeah, yeah, but we're we're not talking um, the the height of the Himalayas. When I was over in uh, Everest Base Camp two years ago. Um, Tobko, Top, highest mountain, mountain in North Africa last year. So yeah, the, the mountains here the highest is, is not very high. Yeah, you know, it's all under 4,000 um feet. So, no nothing like the Himalayas. But it's still it's a good training ground.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Simon and Jordan tell us about what you do in 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 your in your day job.
2: Well, my day job, I am a marketing and branding consultant. So I work with clients all over the globe. I've got a client in LA, um and all over so I help them build their brand and build their business online and offline but my passion project is five things clear which you mentioned at the beginning um, and that is essentially getting people to pick up five bits of litter a day and I set that up two years ago it's a non-profit and it's done incredibly well with we have uh, a thing called the Million Piece Pickup Pledge, which is running at the moment, started in January the 1st and asking 550 people to pick up five bits of litter a day and by the end of the year we'll hopefully have picked up a, a million pieces. Um, and we're certainly a, a good way into that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just it's an environmental initiative bringing awareness to the litter of the plastics on the, all over the globe, including the sea. So what Andrew and I are going to be doing will be helping to highlight ocean plastics.
0: Right. It's a big problem here in California, as well as, uh, obviously, from the news everywhere. Are you a swimmer, Simon?
2: I am indeed. I swim. I live half a mile from the beach. I swim. didn't swim today because I was out drinking last night. So We were celebrating a big event, so I could have been hungover this morning, but I needed a rest day. No, yesterday I swam just under a mile and a half in the, uh, in the open water in the sea. Uh, it's quite a choppy swim, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm training hard for this uh, So are you going to swim also in the English Channel? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am indeed. So the the listeners, if you're thinking, is this just a a swimming show? No, we are. Andrew and I are on the biggest challenge next year. We're going to swim the English Channel, which is the busiest shipping lane in the world. Um, It's 21 miles across. The shortest time has been seven hours. Uh, The longest time, Andrew, if I'm right, is 27 hours. Yeah, and it's, you know, you can suffer nosebleeds, being very sick, eels, all sorts of things, swimming in the dark and massive tankers. You know, these great big ships coming past, which is that's that's what scares me. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: and, and the biggest threat. Okay. Like <laughs> the as
0: well. well, let me jump in and ask you about swimming in the English Channel. You and Andrew, um, please comment. Are are you going to be wearing protective gear around your bodies, shark repellent, or or
1: just yuck? Repellent. Uh, what? Uh, that's, that's a good question. At the moment, the way it stands under the rules of the English Channel Swimming, you have to do this just in your swimming trunks and you cover yourself with some kind of fat or oil just to try and keep you warm. But obviously hypothermia is a huge risk swimming the channel. Now we're, we're a little undecided how we're going to do this because obviously we're not doing the usual just swim across the channel. I say that like it sounds easy. It's not. Um, But obviously, we're going to be collecting rubbish at the same time as we swim across the channel. So the idea will to be trawl behind the boat and collect as much plastic or rubbish as we can get as we cross the sea. So we're undecided whether we'll wear a suit at the moment or whether we will do it just in our trunks. The only downside is if we swim it in our trunks, it won't be registered under the British Association of Swimming the English Channel, and we won't get our certificate. But having said that, this is a much bigger thing that we're looking at. It's it's highlighting the plastic that's in our ocean, and I will forgive a a certificate to highlight plastic because I think that's more important than me just having a certificate. So, So let me ask you guys a question about ocean
0: plastic. Is it, quote-unquote, a sewer out there, or, or is it just
2: by accident that all this plastic winds up in the ocean? It's a mixture of both. I mean, 8 million tons gets emptied into the ocean every single year, and I think it's probably more than that. They're now quoting that by 2050, there'll be more plastic in the ocean than there is fish. One in four leatherback sea turtles has plastic in its stomach. It is a huge problem just because you know people see oh it's just about beach clean no everything runs out to the sea so if you're in in a city and you drop a cigarette butt down a drain it can all end up in the sea um, all water as you know all, you know all flows down to the sea that's how the planet works so it's everywhere you know even if you get stuff that goes into a landfill which is no good winds can pick it up blow it into the sea so yeah it is a huge huge problem but it's also you know, microplastics, so when you're, if you're wearing polyester jumpers or any clothing, a lot of sports gear is, is uh, Andrew and I both do a lot of running, stuff like that, so sports gear is made of polyester. Poly is plastic. So when you wash that, microfibers come off that. They don't get picked up by the um, the water plants. They, they go out to the sea. So, you know, there's all those kind of things. So what Andrew and I are doing, we're going to highlight that. I think
1: I think so the other thing to, the other thing to remember as well, Ed, is the other way plastic gets into the sea and rubbish gets into the sea. And the US will know this is when you have like a, a tsunami or a, a, a very big, you know, the sea comes in and washes into the land because of these storms, and then it washes everything out again. And um, this this is a big factor of helping to pollute the sea. So it's it's, it's it's much bigger than anyone can think right now um, of how this, how it's all ended up in the ocean. In the Western society,
0: uh, meaning Western Europe, U.S., Canada, of course, we do have recognition of this issue. We do have waste management, equipment, and setups many places. But a lot of countries have no hmm. barriers and no filtration. And the ocean is a sewer, for sure, so what do you think
2: about you're, all that? You're right, Ed. The, also, people in the UK, and probably other parts of Europe, they think, well, we are recycling our plastic, and surely the councils, the local governments are taking that plastic, and because we're making the effort to recycle, surely it's, it's going to recycle well it's not only a very small amount actually gets recycled a lot of it gets shipped abroad to places like Indonesia and Malaysia all around there and we've seen proof that it's just dumped onto huge fields I mean millions of tons of, of just our plastic and our rubbish from the UK gets shipped over there and dumped Malaysia aren't doing anything with it the storms come it gets washed into drains it then goes back out to sea so yeah, it, it's a big problem. I mean, I was, uh, myself and my partner, Gina, we were over in Hungary last year in Europe and we sailed um, 70 kilometres, uh, I've forgotten how many miles it is, but uh, 50 miles down the river called the River Tissa. And we, were, we picked up over 10 tonnes of plastic bottles from that river. And that is because of the, the lack of uh, waste management systems over there. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a global problem. Um, that needs to be looked at, you know, but it also stems from the, the manufacturers, Coca-Cola, people like that, where they've got to look at how they do it. You know, 1.4 billion re- single-use plastic bottles are made on the planet every single day. It's it's a worry. That's just amazing. So you'll be surrounded by a team, right? A
0: medical people in a boat, as you mentioned. Are they going to be the ones picking things up or will
1: you be doing that while you're swimming? No, no. We we'll have a full team that supports us as we do this. Um so there will be um again, not not completely decided yet, but we'll have maybe one or two boats. One boat may be just for us and the other boat will be for collecting the rubbish as we go along. The team that will be there, we're gonna actually document and try and film everything we can. Um just to highlight. Um there'll be Our swimming instructors will be there. There will be someone from the medical side to be there at both sides, um, so we know exactly how we're feeling at the time. Also, the boat management people, um, they're they're recognised within the industry for doing these type of challenges, so they're very experienced in their side. And we've also got um, two teams. One will be in the UK, on the UK beaches, and one will be from uh, France, and they're going to be collecting rubbish on the beach at the same time when we do this. Um, so when we reach into the, the, the shores of Calais or the surrounding areas, we may not make it to Calais. We may float a bit <laughs> further down and come to one of the other towns. But uh, when we hit not those German. shores, yeah. uh, not Germany, <laughs> but when, when we do get to those um Uh, To the beach those teams will meet us with their rubbish and the idea is to have a company make something uh, recyclable out of the rubbish that we collect So it's not we want to show that things can be done differently if we all think about it Um, I I think the big thing here though, and I think um, You're right what you said earlier There's lots of organizations that are in place to collect the waste and we think it's all taken care of but it really starts with You and I, you know, if we get it in our heads, the way we drink out of bottles, whether we buy plastic or whether we whether we um, how we throw that away. It really comes down to each and every person on this planet to actually think about what they do with their rubbish. Um, I I think there's not enough emphasis at the moment on the individual. It's easy for everyone to say, yeah, I'm a small person in the world. What, What difference do I make? But if you put all those people together, you make a hell of a difference in the world. So, Simon, tell us a little bit about your background. So you have a
0: college degree. You've been involved in in consulting. How did you get to
2: find yourself where you are right now? Long story, I guess. Yeah, yeah, long, <laughs> long story. It's a long bus, uh, bus trip. So I've been in the industry advertising and um, design industry for 28 years now. And... um I've worked with some of the biggest agencies in London. I was a creative director for for an agency. Um, yeah, I studied it at college, um, did all that. Um, and I've been working for on, in my own consultancy now for the last 10 years um, and absolutely love it. And I've built my business around me rather than the other way around. So I'm incredibly privileged. I work from home, I've got a team of guys that help me do a lot of design and the branding work and website stuff. Um, I live half a mile from the beach it's just it's, it, it really is every day we think how lucky we are to live where we do And but we've built our lives around that and we're very lucky so yeah I've got clients all over the globe Australia LA as I said a lot around the UK um, it's wonderful it, it's helped me create passion projects like 5 Things Clear and to be working with Andrew to be training um, and to be giving something back because I think it's such an important thing for me. For, for me, Ed, I have I have three parts of my business, three three brands, I suppose. So you've got ad, um, brand, adventure, and contribution. So brand, obviously, that's the brand branding work I do for my clients. As the adventure, the treks I go on. I've been to Everest. I'm going to uh, Mount Elbrus next year in Russia. Um, and the the adventure. Sorry, that's the adventure. And then the contribution is is giving things back with my. Five Things Fair, I go and speak to companies, I speak at a lot of schools, I run projects with schools. Uh, In September we start writing a children's book about ocean plastics um, with a local school here and it's fabulous. So yeah, that's a quick in a nutshell about where I am and what we're doing. So this genius
0: idea of getting Andrew to learn how to swim (laughs) and survive Never mind do it in the English Channel with all the yuck out there. And this is a marketing genius event, as I see it. And congratulations. So, is there a charitable deduction available for people who might want to donate money?
2: Yeah, there is. Andrew, I'll just I'll let you speak. But yeah. we we are, we have a website which, by the time this goes out, it will be on there, and it's English Channel Swim. 2020 so that the number is 2020. So it's English Channel Swim 2020 and all the information will be on there. You'll be able to see our, our funny videos of us training. You'll see all the charity links on there, all of that stuff. So yeah, it's, everything will be on there. But and Andrew, you've you've got more information about the charities.
1: Yeah, so so I, what what we've done, Ed, is obviously um, when, when we first started looking at this, obviously uh, I was looking to do the Channel Swim and then I got talking to Simon about it and said, this is how I'm learning and then, then we realised we wanted to do something about the, the oceans, the seas, how can we clear this up and you know, how can we put the message out there. So it made complete sense for five things clear to really come to the front of this for, for what we're doing. Uh, but obviously, as you know, I've climbed Everest in the past and I'm still connected to the charity community Action Nepal. So I'm still raising money for them as well because it's still important to help those mounting people out in the pool um, and also I'm helping um, uh, 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 Keech Hospice care um, which is a, a a charity a small charity closer to home. But we thought, well the easiest way here is to choose quite a few different charities and we'll be putting them onto our website and give people the choice of who they would like to sponsor. I think it's much better to ask people to sponsor and help as many people as we can and give them the choice. So so you will find on the website, there'll be probably what maximum I imagine 10 charities that people mm. can choose and get involved. And we've got some really clever ideas where actually your listeners can get involved, and feel very part of, we want people to feel very part of what we're doing and you will see this on on our website and i think um the more listeners that are listening um please do go on this website it will really make a difference there are lots of things with us although this is very serious we're very jokey between us so we enjoy life um and we're living life to the full and trying to make a difference along the way so you know do do go on there have a look and you'll see some of the things you can actually get involved with um, we're not asking you to part with all your cash. Um, we're asking you to get involved, spread the word, get the message out there. Um, we've only got one planet, so um, let's let's start making a difference. Well, that's that's great. And so, as Radcast
0: goes to GlobalRadioTalkShow.com and publisher of Global HR News, very happy to help promote uh, awareness of of your campaign. So, uh, tell us once again, how is your charitable work going for the people in
1: Nepal. So again I'm still working with Doug Scott. Um he's the founder of um Community Action Nepal. Um Doug Scott in the UK is famous for being the first Briton to climb Everest in 1975. Um so he's um he's just done some quotes for us to go on our website about everything. And um, although a lot of the projects from the earthquake of 2015 um, have been completed, Doug's actually taken on seven new projects to happen over the next two years. So these are uh, anything from um, medical posts in the middle of nowhere. We're talking maybe three, four, five days. Hikes to get to up in the mountains, and these are really for the most remotest people in the, the 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 mountains of Nepal, and it really does make a difference if you can put a nurse or a doctor in those areas, just to give those people the support that they need. Um, I, I'm very passionate about Nepal. I I class the Nepalese people. The, 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 I have lots of friends there. If not, I call them family actually, um, and they just. Uh, they, they don't ask for much, but to be truthful, each project's probably about £30,000 to, to do a project. And, you know, the, the more we can raise for that, um, the better. Even though the earthquake happened in 2015, there's still a lot of buildings and people are still living under shelters rather than houses. But again, like I say, they, they never ask for anything. This is completely done on, on the goodwill of Doug and the team at Cannes. And I just think um, it, it really makes a difference. And for me, I'll always help them. I think at the moment, we've got the right balance of how we're doing the channel. I think, um, you know, what with the the five things clear and the ocean plastic, obviously my personal charity that I want to get involved with, a local charity near to me. I know Simon will have another couple of charities that he will put in. And like I say, you know, um, it's, it's just about helping people really and trying to make a difference. Andrew Elliman and Simon Jordan in
0: the UK. I want to thank you for your time and your information and I, I want to just get back to the swimming uh, before we end this talk in a couple of minutes. When I swim in, in my swimming pool, <laughs> I'm, I, I struggle to keep my mouth shut. So I'm swallowing some water <laughs> and so, <laughs> I can't imagine swallowing that water in the English channel. So, uh, well, I can and it's disgusting. So are you equipped prior to jumping in with some kind of
1: antibiotics or do you, do you have some kind of pills you'll be taking along the way? That's a good uh, question. I think from from my side, I mean, Simon probably take a different moment. Um, we, we will have a doctor before we start to assess us. Uh, I think we need to make sure that we've got the right, if we need to take things, we, we, we will do. Everyone we've spoken to um, at the moment talk about You will be sick as you swim across. The salt will go into your mouth. The salt will affect your tongue. There are people that have been known to lose parts of their tongue as they swim because it eats into your tongue. Stomach pains are common, so we will have to put up with the stomach pains whilst we swim. And another real common one is nosebleeds, so that will happen as we swim as well. So so there's lots of factors. Also, there's the jellyfish to deal with. So if we get it wrong, we will get stung as we go across. But, you know, if you get one in the face, it's going to be pretty serious. So we will have someone on standby to help us deal with that problem. But at the end of the day, I think uh, a little bit of pain doesn't doesn't hurt anyone. You just go through it to, to reach your goal to get to the other side. Obviously, there's hypothermia to think of as well. The sea will be anywhere between 10 and 15 degrees. And if you remember, your local swimming pool is normally set at 28 degrees. So if you think it's cold getting into your pool, imagine how the sea's going to be. And then we've got the actual current to deal with. We've got the waves, the sheer physical part of this as well, as well as crossing two of the busiest shipping lanes in the world, which is another challenge. So, so yeah, so there's lots of factors. I think um, I think with the, the the side effects, yeah, we'll have someone on standby. Yes, we can't really say whether it's going to affect us too bad or not, but others have done it, so it's proved that it can be done. So do you want to address the issue of potty breaks? Sorry, I missed, missed that.
0: Having to use the loo.
2: Ah, um, that's, that's another,
0: another good question.
2: I, I, I think Ed, you just do it in the sea. I don't think you get yeah. out. <laughs> I, I think I don't. I don't. I think you you would be um, using up all the all the energy. I don't think you would. Um, you'd be doing too, too much of that. But I think you, Andrew started off saying we'll be checked out by a doctor. I think also checked out by a psychiatrist to make sure. We're, I think we're both a bit mad anyway. To be honest. <laughs> so,
0: well, yeah.
2: I, I would imagine. Well, I think our other halves. Um, I mean, my other half says to me, you, you just, you're just home to eat and sleep, aren't you? you all the rest is I'm training. I've got a triathlon coming up in a month's time. We both see life is for living. You know, you only die once, but you live every day. And I think yeah. it, it's about creating stories and it's pushing yourself, but also showing, you know, our children, you know, Andrew's got children so have I that, that, you know, you can do certain things. You know, your life isn't about, for us, it's not about sitting on the sofa and, and looking at just TV all the time. It's about getting out there exploring. Seeing what we're capable of physically and mentally. And it's about building resilience as well, because we're both in business and when you push your body and mentally through these. I mean I ran the London Marathon this year and I went through a really hard stage there because I was developing shingles at the time which I didn't realise. But you build that mental strength. So it takes you on. You know, my other half things are a bit mad, but it just it, it it helps you cope with other things in life as well. And it's just a fantastic challenge i completely
1: agree with simon i think um life is definitely too short you need to get out of everything you can you know if if you ever wake up in the morning and think what am i doing get up and do it because otherwise you're 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 not getting the full potential of why we're on this earth i don't you know you've got to get the most out of it but i do have to say when um obviously as you know i've done everest twice now and um My wife, both times, you know, both times I I had serious problems on Everest. My wife said to me, can you please, no more high altitude. Can you do something at sea level? I don't think she was expecting me to say I'm going to swim the English Channel, but there we go. It's probably the madness in our heads. But, you know, no matter how mad or bonkers this looks, there's a much bigger message. And it's not just about cleaning the planet it's not about you know it's being able to show people we're two ordinary guys I like to think we're we're pretty normal average guys who are showing you can do these things you've just got to believe that you can do it and with the right people around you the right support the right mental attitude you can achieve some of your wildest dreams you just got to go and do it so I thank you guys
0: for being my guest today on GlobalRadioTalkShow.com, and uh, I wish you guys well. I, I'm just standing here listening to you guys talk about all this, and it just seems like you're like the uh, the equivalent of a, of the James Bond of endurance. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a wow. You know, and by the way, our swimming pool is set at uh, 83 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, talk (laughs) about being soft, soft (laughs) American. So this has been great, a great experience. Simon, how can people get in touch with you?
2: And and how can people get in touch with you, Simon? Well, um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'll I'll do the five things. I mean, all all across social media, I am the Simon Jordan. That's the T-H-E, Simon Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N. That's on Facebook, um, Instagram. Or the, the main point here is five things clear so it's the number five things clear that's on the website as well fivethingsclear.com. on Instagram Facebook the number five things clear and I'm all over there and you can connect with me through there yeah same you,
1: you can go through the five things clear Simon will point you this way if you want to know more about the channel swim and what we're doing from a business side you can contact me through the AGS group Just go on the the website, uh, www.agsglobalsolutions.com, and you can find us on there. And also, if you're looking for an adventure yourself, and you wonder how to get involved and do some of the things, I'm also the owner of Stranger Expeditions. If you just put that in strangerexpeditions.org, you'll find the website there as well, and you'll be able to see all the things we're doing there as well. So you can come on some of these adventures. It's possible for anyone.
0: Well, I look forward to seeing the movie. <laughs> so okay.
1: You'll be the first to see it. All right, guys. Thanks
0: again for being our guest on uh, globalradiotalkshow.com. This thanks, is man. Ed Cohen standing off from California, and that's Simon Jordan and Andrew Element in the UK. Cheers. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Ed. Thank you. Yes, I think to myself. What a wonderful...